Ever wonder who the founder of Hinduism was? Or when Jesus was really born? In each episode of this weekly series, Pathios will answer a common question from across the spectrum of major religions. It's our hope that we both broaden your knowledge and spur you on to keep digging, to keep asking questions, and to foster a greater sense of curiosity about the world's beliefs. Welcome to Answers by Pathios. Why do the world's main religions claim the same holy places? For Westerners, the idea of different religions sharing the same sacred sites or holy places may seem foreign. The three Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, tend to feel pretty denominational. While Muslims in the United States may care less about whether their mosque is Sunni or Shia, in certain parts of the world, many will only attend a mosque of their preferred denomination. Christians, of course, have many denominations and separate churches or sacred spaces for each. Judaism is no less denominational, having synagogues specifically for Haredi Jews and others for Reformed Jews, and many for denominations in between. Thus, North Americans generally don't often think in terms of shared sacred space. And yet, it's an interesting phenomenon among the world's religion that related traditions often share the same holy sites or sacred spaces. Most will be familiar with the conflicts in the Middle East between Jews and Muslims, originally centered around the perceived sacred nature of that part of the world. There are a number of shared sites in the Holy Land, particularly between Jews and Muslims. The most notable, of course, would be the Temple Mount, with the noble sanctuary atop the mount and the Western Wall, or Ketel, down below. Of course, Jerusalem and many of its surrounding towns are sacred in Christianity as well. The events that took place on the Temple Mount in the first century were no less important to Christians than the Jewish and Muslim events which happened there during other eras. In the Christian quarter of the old city of Jerusalem stands the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which is believed to have originally been constructed in the fourth century. According to tradition, it was built to encapsulate both the hill on which Jesus was crucified and the tomb in which his body was placed after he was taken down from the cross. Remarkably, this building, constituting perhaps the most sacred site in Christianity, is shared by six different denominations. Greek Orthodox, Roman Catholic, Armenian Orthodox, Coptic Christians, Ethiopian Christians, and Syrian Jacobites. And amazingly, the door to the church is not held by any of these denominations, but instead remains in the possession of Muslims, who daily unlock and lock the building. In various parts of Asia, Buddhism, Taoism, Shinto, and Confucianism are often hard to distinguish between. Many practitioners will draw from more than one of these traditions as they live out their lives and their faith. As evidence of this, there is a popular saying, you're Confucian at work, Taoist on the weekend, and Buddhist at death. So in Japan, for example, the more than 100,000 Shinto shrines are often visited by practitioners of Buddhism. Indeed, many Japanese practitioners of Buddhism also consider themselves Shinto. 
Shinto has many sacred mountains, and starting in the late 8th century, Buddhist temples began to be erected on the sides of those mountains. Pilgrimages to these sites, believed to be holy in both traditions, are believed to give one access to favors from divinities of both faiths. The International Society of Krishna Consciousness, or Hare Krishnas as they're known, broke off from Hinduism in 1965, and the two traditions, though sharing similar roots, have a number of different practices and beliefs. However, outside of India, Hindus and Krishnas will often worship in the same temples, setting aside their differences and focusing on that which they hold in common. Practitioners of Jainism and Hinduism sometimes do the same. If one visits the Sikh Golden Temple in Amritsar, India, one will notice a constant stream of worshippers entering that most sacred Sikh Gurdwara 24 hours a day. However, upon closer inspection, it may become apparent that the worshippers are not only Sikhs, but also Hindus. The waters which surround the Golden Temple are known as the Pool of Immortality, and in both Hindu and Sikh tradition, they have healing properties. Thus, pilgrimages to this Sikh sacred site draws worshippers not only from Sikhism, but also those from the Hindu faith. In the restoration branches of Christianity, one finds the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, commonly called Mormons. However, that same tradition has hundreds of offshoot denominations, such as Community of Christ, Cutlerites, Hedrickites, and Strangites, to name a few. Because of its early history, the states of New York, Ohio, Missouri, and Illinois have sites sacred to members of each of these traditions. And somewhat like the conflicts between Jews and Muslims over various parts of the Holy Land, the numerous restoration branches have had their own conflicts over some of their earliest sacred spaces and holy edifices, disagreeing on who owns them and who has a right to control and freely use them. While many other examples could be given of various religious traditions that share their sacred space with another faith, one cannot help but ask why. Why do so many religions share holy places and spaces with those not of their faith? Historically, there have been five primary reasons. First, some traditions share a common beginning. For example, Hinduism, Buddhism, and Jainism all have their origins on the subcontinent of India. Consequently, there are many sacred sites that make that land holy in one sense or another, to many traditions and many peoples. Second, of those faiths that share a common origin, many have retained similar beliefs and practices, making them separate but compatible. This results in a general comfort in sharing sacred space and holy sites. Third, for religions which have experienced diasporas from the land of their beginnings, there's the need for a sacred space which is often less prevalent outside the country of their origins. Thus, if there are traditions that are similar, many, like Hindus or Krishnas, will share their holy places. Fourth, community is central to most faith traditions. Because religion, if practiced properly, is not a once-a-week experience, but instead a lifestyle, many seek out community or like-minded believers. Therefore, people of different denominations 
or even formally associated faiths will share their community and its most holy sites as a means of having a corporate or communal worship experience. And finally, unlike the Abrahamic traditions, many faiths, particularly the Dharmic and East Asian traditions, see religion as fluid, and thus homogeneity and denominational divides are perceived as unnecessary and even meaningless. All that matters is that they have a place or space which they feel is set apart from the world, where they can connect with the divine. If practitioners of Taoism, Buddhism, and Shinto all encounter each other at the same temple, what does that matter? All that matters is that they each seek connection with some higher force or being, for which that sacred space, that holy locale, was set apart. Thank you for listening to this episode of Answers by Pathios. To learn more about the world's religions, please visit pathios.com today. This has been a production of the Pathios Podcast Network. If you're enjoying this series, consider checking out one of our other podcast offerings from Pathios, like From Sin to Saint. Some people might point to his anti-Nazi activism as the key thing for them. I mean, I'm, I'm compelled by that, but I think it's his theological and ethical underpinnings of his choices that really resonate for me. This willingness to die for his beliefs has inspired both religious commitment and religious violence. There were a couple of high-profile murders of abortion doctors and bombings of, of abortion providers in which the people who were convicted of the crimes identified Bonhoeffer as their inspiration. In this four-part historical exploration of the life and legacy of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, join creator and host Josh Lash as he sits down with experts and walks us through the intriguing and complex life of this revered German theologian and martyr. You can find From Sin to Saint and our entire podcast catalog on patheos.com or on your favorite podcast app. Check the show notes for helpful links and more information.